0: Gospel message. The word that came to me tonight that I decided to just do this message on, it's not a word, it's a phrase, and it's itching ears. And of course, when it came to me, I went to search the word of God to see the context in which the phrase was used. And I guess the premise leading up to that was, I guess this discussion and and just also things I'm observing, things I'm hearing about how Satan is really doing a number in this world. And it's 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 for all the things we can talk about when it comes to the word of God, especially in the body of Christ which is love because the Lord has commanded that we love the Lord our God with all our hearts, all our souls, and all our minds and love our neighbor as ourselves. And sometimes that love our neighbor as ourselves gets, you know, misapplied and misquoted, and it's used in all realms of this world in godly and ungodly things to serve lots of different purposes, to mean lots of different things. And one of the ways it's misused or as they will say, it is bastardized. is this thing of acceptance, you know, to just accept everything in the name of air quotes, love, you know, the things that God speaks against, the things that God condemns, the things that are an atrocity to God, even to Jesus Christ, people We'll use the word love to say, well, God says love, so you have to accept this, you have to accept that. And we have to just be incredibly careful. And the Bible says, warns us to not be unaware of Satan's manipulations, of his trickery, of his deceit. Let us remember what he is called in the Bible. He is the father of lies. That means his job is to take the word of God and twist it and use it to serve his own purpose. Starting from the very garden of Eden, from the very fall of man, when he said, did God say this? Oh, he did not mean this. He meant that. That is M-O of lucifer mo of satan mo of the devil the dragon the antichrist whatever term he's being used in we have to always allow the holy spirit to open our eyes and open our ears and open our understanding so that we see the writing on the wall and give us that discernment to know when it is satan it is so imperative that we Followers of Christ, believers in the word, students of the word. No lovers of Christ, lovers of the things of God, lovers of the Word of God, and this has nothing to do with perfection, but it has absolutely to do with the desire to see as God sees, to hear as God sees, to hear hear as God hears, to perceive with the perception of God himself administered through the Holy Spirit. that means there is no compromise. And sometimes people take this thing of no compromise to, to, for the people who say it to say those people are acting like they're perfect. That is not what it means. No compromise means to understand what the, what God does not compromise about. It doesn't mean we're perfect, but it means by fire or by force. Father God, whatever is dark within me. By the power of your light, swallow it up. Whatever is chaff within me, burn it up with your Holy Ghost fire. We have to put ourselves out there for God to purify, to refine with fire until everything within us that is not of him is burnt off. No compromise, no compromise, recklessly abandoned to God. And there there is this lie out there that anybody who takes this position is trying to present themselves as holier than thou. Again, another trick of Satan trying to get us to compromise, to accept those things that God does not accept. So coming back to this itching ears thing, when I now search the Bible, and I found it in, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, and I'll just read. A few verses so this is um the apostle paul's letter to timothy and again timothy was one of the disciples of paul the one one who was sent out to help with the church building the church planting so again some context when when we are saved right when we are saved by christ when the gospel of christ goes out to make children of god it's to it's to reveal the truth of Jesus Christ, the, the the message of salvation in Christ Jesus, that we might receive Jesus Christ unto salvation, thereby we are now saved. Meaning, whatever life we were living before, a life that was led by the dictates of sin and worldliness and the flesh and the natural life and everything that comes with it is now replaced with Jesus Christ being our head, eyes unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith so now that you have received christ walk in him built up in him according to colossians teaching us so this is what we do so we now become saved and now get introduced into the the body of christ which is the church so now there is a building up of the church which is part two so there is the gospel of salvation which enables us to come into the church and then there is the message of the gospel that continues to build up the church, which is the body of Christ. So we helping each other, encouraging each other, rescuing each other, guiding each other, we now together as one body with Christ as our head are now walking on this path of salvation and that is the church in essence. Of all the other stuff that we have made the church to be, that is the foundation of what the church is, of who the church is. And so the apostle Paul, In his letters to the church, when he was again, remember, he was the one that brought the message of salvation to them, or some of them may have even received it from Christ Christ Himself. But again, the Apostle Paul was now making the church out of the Gentile nations, taking the gospel to the Gentiles, forming these churches, and then now kind of like being their 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 shepherd, the shepherd of the church, writing messages to them, letters to them, going to meet them when he could, to preach to them, to give them the word of god to encourage them to correct them to 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 set them on the right path if they were steering the wrong way so he constantly had to do this to the churches and that was why he wrote all the letters to the church at ephesus to the church of Colossae, to the church in corinth thessalonica galatia ephesus all those places right and now here he was using timothy to now continue the same work and he had this letter to timothy giving timothy encouragement but also giving timothy instruction giving timothy instruction on what to do what to look out for what not to do these are the people you need to get to do this these are the people that shouldn't be doing this try to when you're building up the church in order to get ministers these are the kind of people that you should get these are these are the messages you should get to them give to them to instruct them again building us up and there is this thing that you know it's kind of like saying once we get saved there is no work to do there is no work of salvation to do because christ has already done that but there absolutely is a work of perseverance to continue. There is a work of building up to continue because we're not, Christ is not fully formed in us in the beginning, but the more we continue to walk in him, then he continues to build himself up in us. So it's now less of us and more of Christ. This is the Christian walk. This is the life of a Christian walk. So, Coming back to the letter. So the Apostle Paul was writing this letter to Timothy. And this is what he says to Timothy in that 2 Timothy chapter 4. He says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. This is what he's saying to Timothy. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Listen to what he's telling him. Reprove rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. This is the King James Version. Let me just go to a different version for the sake of, you know, just so we can understand what the Apostle Paul is telling him. So I'm going to go to New Living Translation, which is kind of like, a, I don't want to say New Age, but kind of like a Uh, new living, meaning new life in Christ. That's kind of like what that that translation is supposed to be saying, speaking to new believers. And I'm going to read those two verses again. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Jesus Christ, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he comes to set up his kingdom. Verse 2, preach the word of God be prepared whether the time is favorable or not patiently correct rebuke and encourage your people with good teaching that's that's what that's you know that um, king james version that's the translation so again the word of god has that power. It has that power. It has the light that enlightens our darkness. It has the life that quickens our dead bodies. See, when we are dead in sin and we come into new life in Christ Jesus, there is a change across the spectrum of our life. It's like a light gets turned on in this dark room and it illuminates everything that is there. So as the word of God comes in, Remember, Christ is the word. He is the living word. So as the word of God comes in, everything that is darkness within us is supposed to go out. It's not supposed to stay. Light and darkness cannot cohabitate. It is scientifically impossible because when you turn on the light, by virtue of the light being on, the darkness is covered up. That's it. That's why light and darkness cannot coexist. Each one has their space, each one has their time. That's why when it's daylight, it's not nighttime because the sun is out. In order for there to be a semblance of evening or night, the sun has to be completely turned on another side. So the place that does is not exposed to the sun, by virtue of the absence of the sun, there is darkness. They cannot Coexist. So when we have all these false teachers that want to introduce some element of darkness, of death, into a life that has been taken over by the light and the life of Jesus Christ, you have to recognize who it's coming from. And this is the discernment that the Holy Spirit gives. So when the Word of God comes into us, the living Word that is Christ Jesus Himself, it will reprove, it will rebuke, it will correct. So the preacher is being asked to do this patiently with loving kindness, with long suffering, understanding the stubbornness of the flesh, understanding the desire of the of the carnal nature to hold on to the carnal nature. It wants no part of God. And that's why Romans chapter eight says it is enmity with God. It has no desire to obey the things of God, no desire whatsoever. So when we hear a teaching that wants to place light and darkness side by side, trying to give us the, 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 tell us the lie that they can coexist, you have to rebuke that kind of teaching in the name of Jesus. You have to reject it with every fiber of the life of Christ that, that lives within us, because there is no way that light and darkness can coexist. They can't. As I said before, just by virtue of what we see in our environment, it's impossible. It's not possible. So in that, in that Romans chapter 8, right? I'm gonna just read it to you. It says, uh, this is from verse 6. For to be, I'll even start from I'll start from verse 5. Okay, it says, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. And what this is speaking to is my life before Christ and my life upon the entering of Christ. Before Christ, I am living in the flesh. I am walking after the flesh. I am going after the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Everything about me is here and now. Me, 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 me. Satisfy my pleasure. How can I get this? How can I attain this? How can I do this for me and mine? Me, me, me. That's what it's all about we live to satisfy the flesh we're thinking about the here and now the world as far as we can see it as far as we can perceive it as far as we can understand it this is what we're doing in the flesh but when the life of christ comes into us when we die to the flesh that's why it says we are crucified with christ and then we are risen with him in new life by the power of the holy spirit there is a difference There is a difference. It it becomes evident when the more we walk in Christ, the more the life of Christ becomes evident in us. We should not be doing things the exact same way we were doing them prior to coming into the life of Christ. So that verse 5 says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit, meaning I am now living. After the spirit, I'm no longer after the flesh. I'm no longer living for myself. I am now living for God in Christ Jesus. How do I know it? The Holy Spirit is leading me. The Holy Spirit ministers it to me, reveals it to me, tells it to me, shows it to me. Are we paying attention? Are we even interested? And that's the question. Because sometimes when we just think of the things of God, we just think of, again, the miracles that Jesus did. What can God do for me? What, How can he save me from this situation? How can he change my circumstances? How can he give me this, give me that? We always believe in the power of the providence of God, but we never believe in the life-transforming power of God. Many of us do not want the life-transforming power of God. We only want His providence. We only want He can give us, what He can supply us, how He can enrich us and make our lives better in this world. But Christianity is so much more than that. The life of Christ in us is so much more than that. Verse 6 of that Romans 8, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And here is the carnality I'm talking about. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Verse 7, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So they that are in the flesh cannot Please God. They who are in darkness cannot be in the light. It cannot happen simultaneously. We're either in darkness or we're in the light. And if we are in the light, the light is progressive when it comes to Christianity. Let us understand this because Christ does not get fully formed in us in one day. We have to walk in Him. We have to walk in the light of Christ. We have to walk in the life of Christ. In, um, in Colossians chapter 2 and I'm just going to read that very very quickly because we have to understand what the bible is telling us and it's saying that you know it, it it says from verse 6 it says as ye therefore as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the lord so walk ye in him rooted up and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught. We have to walk in Christ. And who is the one who teaches us the word of God, the living word of God, now made, translated into our mortal bodies by the Holy Spirit. It tells us what to do. It, it, when, when the light comes into our darkness, everything hiding in the corner, if we're interested, and I say if we're interested, the Holy Spirit will reveal it to us. The Holy Spirit will reveal it to us. It doesn't always mean we instantly have power over that thing, but we can, we can, depending on how, 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 how badly we desire to, to be, to be rid of it. So again, going back to the itching ears. So it says, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, extort with all long suffering and doctrine. This is what Paul is giving to Timothy, how to lead the church, how to build the church, how to establish the church. And this is what he says. This is the important thing. And because this is what I'm talking about, you know, all these Agents of Satan out there, and I call them agents of Satan because they are liars, because they are deceivers. What they try to deceive us is that, oh, you can do this while being a Christian. It's okay to do this. It's okay if this thing in your life, and the thing is that it does not reject the things of darkness. It accepts them as saying, you can have those things of darkness even while walking in the light of Christ. No, we cannot. Because if we do, then we are not fully in the light of Christ. And we have to beware. We have to beware. It is so important. This Satan, we should not underestimate the cunningness, the divisive, manipulative, deceitful being that is the devil. Oh my goodness, this flesh is no match. We can only stand up to Satan in Christ Jesus. Don't even be deceived thinking we have any kind of resolve or anything when it comes to Satan. This is one who was boldly in the Garden of Eden, that he he manipulated the serpent, that he entered into the serpent to be able to deceive the man and the woman. And that was why the serpent was cursed the serpent was cursed because it allowed itself to be manipulated by the, by the devil we have to understand that satan is cunning and his cunningness is going to continue until he receives his condemnation in the lake of fire until then he's going to take as he's going to attempt to take as many with him as possible so in that verse 3 of this second timothy chapter 4 it says for a time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but after their own lust they shall shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make foolproof of thy ministry. What the Apostle Paul was, he was telling Timothy, listen listen very carefully there's going to come a time where this thing that you are preaching they're going to say hey this one is just over over sabi overdue are you the only one that knows jesus are you the only one that knows god i bet go and sit down we too we have jesus because they are going to be hearing this doctrine this false doctrine these lies and manipulations of satan that that are going to tell them that they can be have one foot in darkness and one foot in light and it's going to please them do you know why here's what listen to what the bible says it says they shall heap to themselves teachers meaning because of the desire of their hearts because of their own desire to walk this way because of their own desires to not renounce the ways of darkness and the things of darkness they will look for teachers that will tell them what they want to hear this is what the bible is saying people are not deceived just like that. I I believe that people are deceived because they are not interested in the truth. People are deceived because somehow, somewhere, deep down inside, they don't want to give certain things up. So they are waiting for that preacher that will tell them it's okay to do that, that God is on your side. God loves you. God is love. God does not want the condemnation of a sinner. So he's not going to do this. He's not going to do that. He's going to. He is love. He is love. He is love. That's why I say they bastardized this, this, the notion of God's love to now try to make it fit their agenda. It says they will heap to themselves teachers because their ears are itching. They have no interest in the truth. We have to be very careful, children of God, those things that we do not want to part with. We need to stop looking for someone to cosign our darkness. We need to stop looking for someone or something To co-sign things that God is telling us to renounce as works of the flesh, as works of iniquity, as darkness. It is important. It is imperative because this thing speaks to us. It doesn't say the false teachers have itching ears. It says we have itching ears. We have itching ears and we're looking for someone to come and scratch it. When we hear the man or woman of God that comes to us and say, we must repent, we must renounce these things, we must walk after Christ, we must wash our hands and rid our hands of anything that is contrary to the word of God and to the will of God. And looking for someone to come and now say, oh, it's okay for you to do this. It's okay for you to give it up little by little because you know what? Rome wasn't built in a day. In as much as Rome wasn't built in a day, we're not promised tomorrow. We're not, we're not promised tomorrow. So that's why the Bible says, today is the day of salvation meaning now that i have the opportunity let me renounce this thing and ask for the holy spirit to come and help me and to deliver me and we have to pray this prayer that we say holy spirit make it uncomfortable for me physically uncomfortable emotionally uncomfortable mentally uncomfortable when i am not walking in the way that the lord has planned for me if i am not living up to my full potential in christ let me not have any peace these are the prayers that we have to pray we shouldn't be comfortable in sin we shouldn't be comfortable walking contrary to the Word of God and to the will of God we should not be comfortable we should not be at rest as long as we are not living our lives to please the Lord so we have to be mindful of whether we have itching ears and we are going to heap onto ourselves false teachings false doctrines and false truths Because those only come from one place, they come from the devil. Darkness and light cannot cohabitate. The flesh and the spirit do not cohabitate. The natural life and the life in Christ cannot cohabitate. One has to have dominion. The question now is on us who are we gonna give dominion to? Are we gonna give our dominion to God? In Christ Jesus or are we going to give dominion to our flesh and therefore allow our itching ears to go seeking for what's going to please us I pray that this is not our portion and if it is I pray that the power of God in Christ Jesus by the ministration of his Holy Spirit will deliver us and deliver us today And may we continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen in Jesus' name.